This winter, join the Washington Post in its fight against hunger, homelessness, and poverty with a contribution to Post Helping Hand. To learn more and donate, visit posthelpinghand.com. From the newsroom of the Washington Post. Hi, this is Tracy Jan calling from the Post. Am I catching President Trump, how are you? Hi, it's Robin Gibbon at the Washington Post. This is Post Reports. I'm Martine Powers. It's Thursday, January 2nd. Today, what's in and what's out for the year to come. And sex discrimination and lab rats. Do you know why we're here? The list. Yeah, we're here to talk about the list. So this is what I know about the list. It's a thing that comes out every year at the end of the year. And it's what is out and what's in. It's like the cool stuff and then the not so cool stuff or like the stuff that I think is still cool. But then you guys tell me that it's not cool anymore. <laughs> and that that is my understanding of the list. Yeah, (laughs) I think that's fair. I mean, some of it isn't so much like it's trends in the general trend sense. So it's not necessarily like this will be cool. It's just this is what people are talking about. We are pop culture reporters at The Post, uh, both of us, actually. I'm Elahe Azadi. I'm Sonia Rao. This list, how long does it take you guys to put together? And and what is the whole process for doing that? A lot of... What happens in coming up with the items is us, you know, going through trend lists, flipping through magazines. We do that early December kind of to kind of see, you know, what is going out of favor, actually, because if it tends to be in a December magazine, it's something that's like, here's what happened this year. And so then it wouldn't happen in 2020. So it's like a forecasting and an atlas. Yes. Yes. And the other thing we do is we go around the newsroom and talk with our colleagues who are experts in all of these areas that we're not experts in. We're going to talk to the politics team um, about election stuff. We're going to talk to them about regular politics stuff, although it sometimes feels like, oh... (laughs) Uh, So out, buying influence at Trump's hotel. It's not willy-nilly. People think it's willy-nilly, and it is not. Hi. Hi. Do you want to talk to us about birds? Tell me about what do we need to know about birds. Sports are fun. Dolly Parton, she's not really even like a person anymore. She's just like a state of being. Self-loathing's in? It's always been in. I have mixed feelings. Oh, I feel so untethered to pop culture. So I guess... Maybe just tell me what is actually on this list. Well, okay, here's like a pretty straightforward one. Out 2020 in 2024. Oh, interesting. We're already over this coming presidential race and we're already thinking about 2024. Yeah, like no matter the outcome, right? It'll restart the cycle. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. We're just living in a (laughs) never-ending wait for the next presidential race. Exactly. It's incredibly depressing. Out oat milk latte in anaerobic coffee. I just heard about oat milk lattes for the first time like like two days ago. Perfect. I wasn't already on on its way out. Well, that's how I know it it should be on the outside, Martine. (laughs) If you just found out about it, it's going to be really big in your world. But in six months, seven months, it's going to be too saturated. Yeah. 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 People will be over it. Yeah. Out cancel culture in cancel subscription. Out mocking visco girls and leaving teen girls alone. Out intuitive eating in intuitive readings. 
out. What, what does that mean? <laughs> I just love the look of confusion on your face. That's what the list hopes to inspire in people. So intuitive eating is a method of dieting. Um, or and it's it, like what your body wants, what feels good to you, not focusing on trying to lose weight. Just like, eat what makes you feel good. Yeah. And intuitive readings, intuitives are going to be on the up and up. You know, some people consult psychics and mediums, but increasingly they'll be going to intuitives. And uh, there's medical that's, intuitives. That's like a, a word that's like, yeah. a, like a person is an intuitive. Yeah. It's like so, a fancy word for psychic. Uh, it's a little different from what I understand. It's not that someone can see into the future, but you know, people who are very intuitive. Well, intuitives are people who have a very heightened sense. And they can do all sorts of readings. So it's like another method of trying to learn about yourself and what you should do. Out sequels every few years, in sequels every 30 years. Out sans serif, in serif. Out read the transcript, in read John Bolton's book. Okay, I see Roz. You see Roz? Um, Phil Rucker looks like he's on deadline. But Roz, Roz, yeah, that Roz looks like she can maybe talk. Oh, she's eating. Hey, Roz. Are you busy? Are you on deadline? So we talked to Roz Helderman, investigative reporter on the political staff, about some of these items. So picking her brain a bit, as well as some of the other people on the politics staff. We have out, read the transcript. Sure. Yes. So that's been the rallying cry of the president who put out the transcript of his phone call with the president of Ukraine, President Zelensky. Uh, They put that out in September. I think people were pretty stunned when it first came out because it shows very clearly uh, the president of the United States, in his words, asking for a favor from the Ukrainian president and pushing him to open these politically charged investigations into his rivals, Joe Biden and the 2016 election. And so he always keeps saying, read the transcript. So he always says, read the transcript. It's a classic sort of Trumpian move of converting something that looks like a real weakness for him, this transcript, which is actually incredibly damaging. But he insists there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And so he tells people, read the transcript. And the other side, we have read John Bolton's book. Right. So John Bolton is the former national security advisor. He has refused to testify on the Hill thus far about what he knows about what happened between the president uh, and Ukraine. We do know that they, uh, the president and John Bolton had a one-on-one meeting in the Oval Office to discuss the issue of the military aid that had been withheld from Ukraine. So he clearly has a very important piece of evidence that the American people just don't know what it is because he has said that uh, for reasons of executive privilege, he will not uh, comply with the subpoena and testify on the Hill. However, he is writing a book. <laughs> so we may learn the truth of the John Bolton story in his yet-to-be-published book, which you will certainly be able to purchase when it comes out. Out climate change in climate crisis. Hmm. I could see that. Out Bailey in Bruce. Mm, this is an Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I get that one. Bailey, the dog, is definitely a star, so. Out worrying about your kids' screen time, in worrying about your boomers' screen time. Yeah. I've written about this a couple times this year. Yeah, uh, Abby Ulheiser. I'm a digital culture reporter at The Post. At least I, I hope this shift is not just like me uh, yelling about it all the time. But, like, this shift from just worrying about, like, what the kids are up to and how they're spending too much time on their phones and blah, 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 and thinking more about how older generations are using the Internet. Um, There's been some polling this year that has shown that 
yes, kids maybe spend too much time on their phones, but so do their parents. And like kind of shifting the scrutiny to other generations now that everybody uses their phones all the time. And it's not just like a kids with their iPads thing. Out shutting down local newspapers in starting fake local newspapers. Is someone actually doing that? Yeah. So this is a prime example of this is not what is cool. It is very bad to start fake local newspapers. But unfortunately, especially with an election year, those kinds of things are what we're seeing happen. Let's we did that one. Okay. Dolly Parton out. Hmm. Dolly Parton in. Tell me more of the reasoning behind that slash. I feel like part of this is because of the podcast, right? There's a new podcast about Dolly Parton. It's very popular. She also has a TV show Look on Look at you knowing Netflix things. Yes. With each episode being about one of her songs. Exactly. So we're in a bit of a Dolly moment. Not that Dolly's ever gone out of favor, but the podcast, the Netflix series, she also has some things happening on broadcast television. So she's kind of back in our public consciousness. But then Dolly Parton is also on the inside because Dolly Parton will never be out. She's kind of one of these figures who will always remain. Out, cursed energy in dark energy. I also don't know what that means. So Elahe had to tell me what cursed energy meant. Sarah Kaplan, uh, who reports on science here, told us that she thinks that scientists are going to make more discoveries about dark energy. But dark energy is a mysterious force that suffuses 70% of the universe. It's more than 70% of the universe. We have no idea what it is. We know that it is driving the accelerating expansion of the universe, but we don't know why. We've never seen it before, and we're trying to measure it, and maybe we'll find it this year. Probably not, but uh, we're definitely going to be looking. And wait, what's the one that is no longer in? Well, cursed energy kind of describes uh, like certain memes or uh, it's an internet thing, right? And so there's a really popular Twitter account called Cursed Images. And it's kind of like photos where you think it's one thing, but it's like made up of other things. So like a foot made out of like, Gum, like worms or something like it's just like <laughs> really disturbing strange. very strange and disturbing but it also just generally describes a certain way of being online okay it's kind of like thanks i hate it out california sober in washington drunk out country luke's in country to Neils. wait what? <laughs> those are musicians so we were talking to our colleague emily yar who also reports with pop culture team um and she writes a lot about country music so I declared Country Luke's out because, well, the biggest country music star of this year but was by far and away Luke Combs. He had a massive album, huge singles, sold-out arena tour. He had his moment. But I think next year is going to be about the Tennille's. There are actually two Tennille's in Nashville. There's Tennille Towns and Tennille Arts. Um, they're both in their mid-20s. They're actually both from Canada. And they are, which is like kind of weird. Like, how did that even happen? But sort of when you're talking to people in Nashville, they're the ones that people say, oh, I think these people are going to be like really big soon. So they kind of both have these singles out and Tennille Towns, especially her uh, debut radio single is doing really well. So I think it's going to be the year of the Tennilles. And there were two Lukes, right? There are two. Well, yes, there's Luke Bryan, who he's been really big for a while. So he's probably technically by Washington Post standards, been out for a very long time. But um, <laughs> he also is one of the biggest superstars in country music. So I think it's time for the Lukes to, you know, that, yeah, be out. But uh, Tennille's are definitely in. So out hot workouts in cold workouts. Out what is cinema in what is television. Out food delivery in beverage delivery. Out when will Tom Brady retire 
in? Has Tom Brady already retired? Okay, next one is out. LOL Quibi in. Okay, fine. What's Quibi? (laughs) (laughs) I understand nothing about that. (laughs) Not even not the slightest, not like uh, not a word. Okay, let's deconstruct it for you. First of all, let's say what Quibi is. So Quibi is quick bites kind of mashed into one word. Um, And that's a capital Q because it's actually like a streaming service type thing that's coming out next year. Wait, what? It's going to be a streaming service with original programming on it. So but it's like, not. It's not Quick Bites. It stands for Quick Bites, but it's but not Food Bites. No, no. It's like, like TV Bites. So the reason it's called Quick Bites, technically Quibi for short, um, is because they're going to be shorter videos. Um, so we described them as like vertical YouTube videos because this is actually a mobile platform primarily. Um, so they're are going to be stars like Chrissy Teigen got a show early on um, that's, from what I can tell, is going to be like a Judge Judy, but Chrissy Teigen is the judge instead, and I think her mother is involved somehow as well. I mean, low-key, I would watch that. Out, off-white, in, on sneakers. It's a fashion item that Robin Gavon helped us with. Well, I have nothing against off-white. Let me just say that right up front. Uh, But I just think that at this point, Virgil, the founder of Off-White, is a little bit overextended and the brand is a little bit overextended. And I think that there are just some other brands that are in that space that are really nipping at his heels. And I also think the space is getting a little bit crowded. What are on sneakers? It's actually just a brand. They're more of a performance sneaker. And I feel like the sort of decorative fashion sneaker has kind of saturated the market. And so now I think that we need, there's going to be this shift where we don't lose the fashion aspect of it, but performance starts to matter more. Out Baldwin on SNL, in Bowen on SNL. Out living. Who's Bowen? Bowen Yang. He's one of the new featured performers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so he was hired in the crop that also included that controversial hire, Shane yes. Gillis, who was fired. But since uh, Bowen Yang has been a performer on the show, he's in almost every episode and kind of is having a bit of a breakout moment. Out Living Coral in Classic Blue. Out Libra as Currency in Libras as Boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which currency is What country is the Libra? The Libra currency is the Facebook cryptocurrency. And, oh. <laughs> yeah. And so already people are like, like trying to legitimize this ridiculous <laughs> digital currency. Well, cryptocurrency is a thing and there are already a lot of concerns about it um, and questions about it. But it's it. like a Facebook specific currency? Yeah. So it's a cryptocurrency via Facebook. Out Smoky Bear in Little Fires Everywhere. Out Birds in Birds of Prey. How can birds be out? Uh, well, a lot of them are going extinct and have gone extinct. <laughs> the ultimate out. <laughs> yeah, the, it's truly the ultimate out. There was a study done that showed that a massive number of birds have gone extinct in North America. Oh, God. Uh, so sorry, uh, humanity, the world, the universe, birds are on the out. But birds of prey with quotation marks. You did air quotes, which means that it is a movie yeah. starring Tom Cruise. No. <laughs> so Birds of Prey um, is Harley Quinn's movie starring Margot oh. Robbie. Out buying influence at Trump's hotel. In buying Trump's hotel. Out Blueface in Roddy Rich. 
Out Farewell Rendon, in Stay Forever Soto. Do you get that one? I don't, the, again, one of those where I don't, it's like words washing up. Like, yeah. like if you just yeah. pull random words out of the dictionary and put them together and they're just washing <laughs> over my head and I don't understand. <laughs> well, I'm a baseball person now, so I get this one. <laughs> now. Whereas maybe last year I wouldn't As of have. like four months ago. Yeah, basically. I, t- I have no shame. Um, so this refers to the Washington Nationals. They won the World Series and Rendon was a key figure in that. And he just signed to play for the LA Dodgers. So the farewell Rendon is, you know, we're going to get over saying, goodbye to him, but then Stay Forever Soto refers to Juan Soto, who is also a big star and just turned 21 on the Nats, and fans want him to sign for a long time and stay. Cool. I'm very impressed you know that. Thank you. (laughs) It only took them winning a World Series for me to care. (laughs) Thank you guys for your expertise and insights. This was great. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Alahe Azadi and Sonia Rao cover pop culture for The Post. You can find a link to the full list at postreports.com. And now, one more thing about sex discrimination in lab rats. We originally aired this story last June, but happily, sexism will continue to be relevant in 2020. It seems crazy to be talking about sexism when you're talking about mice, but it really struck a chord with me that it paralleled a lot of implicit bias that we see in society against women. So last week, Rebecca Shansky, who's a neuroscientist at Northeastern University, published this perspective piece in the journal Science talking about the problem of female lab rats, or really more accurately, the lack of female lab rats. This is science reporter Sarah Kaplan. Most basic biomedical research that happens on animal models for decades has mostly happened on male animal models. And Dr. Shansky was trying to figure out why She sort of argues that it stems from this kind of sexist notion that women are really complicated because we have estrus cycles and we have hormones. And even though men also have hormones, somehow in women, they become like this really complicating factor for scientists. The most dangerous kind of knowledge is a little bit of knowledge. So in the 1920s, scientists realized that the lab rats they were studying had an estrus cycle, like a woman's menstrual cycle. They knew that that meant that one day hormone levels would be high and one day hormone levels would be low. And so they just assumed that that meant that your data that you collect from females was going to be really messy. You know, science is so much about controlling for all factors except for the one you want to understand. And so this was a factor that they couldn't control. And they're like, we can't control this, so we're just going to not include females. There are real human consequences for this disparity. There is evidence that medicine doesn't work as well for women as it does for men. Famously, a few years ago, the FDA had to intervene and cut the recommended dose of Ambien in half for women because women were experiencing really dramatic side effects. We don't understand the symptoms of heart attack as well in women as they are understood in men. Women experience worse outcomes from strokes. And, you know, you look at the animal models and cardiovascular disease is still studied predominantly in male rats. 
I mean, it just, it says a lot about the kind of assumptions that the people who are doing science make, right? The assumption that you can take the male as the default. We're scientists and we want to um, consider ourselves to be objective and unbiased, but I, I think that, that there is some bias that needs to be brought to light a little bit. I try to put myself in the shoes of these scientists who were making these decisions decades ago to only study males. And their assumption was really that, like, because females experience these variable hormones, it's too complicated, it's probably going to mess with their result. Therefore, like, let's not worry about it. If you do think the ester cycle is going to affect your results, like, shouldn't you want to know? Isn't that what science is about? At some point, presumably, a woman who is on her period is going to have to take the medication you're trying to produce. And we should all want to know that it's still going to work for her. Sarah Kaplan is a science reporter for The Post. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. If you haven't heard, we've got a Facebook group. It's a place where we post extras and insights from the stories on our episodes, and where listeners can post their questions and thoughts. Become a member by going to facebook.com slash groups slash post reports. I'm Martine Powers. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post. Contributions to Post Helping Hand go directly to services run by beneficiaries Bright Beginnings and Street Village and So Others Might Eat that provide shelter, food, education, and other services to those less fortunate in the Washington, D.C. region. Learn more at posthelpinghand.com.